Hi, and welcome to Loud and Short of It. I'm Ramsey, the loud one. And I'm Jesse, the short one. And this week, we've got another monthly movie review. Another interesting one, because we are still not allowed to go to theaters. At-home special, baby. Yeah, we just love those. I I don't <laughs> desperately miss going to see movies at all. Uh, fuck the Alamo. Uh, <laughs> so this week, uh, we picked two <laughs> movies that were filmed around Austin and premiered in Austin. Mm-hmm. Had some, some just Austin, Texas stuff going on throughout, yeah. throughout the whole movie. More more Texas than Austin, I guess. Yeah, they jump around a bit, but uh, they, eh, Austin's the... The center of them, I yeah. believe. And the center of Texas. Exactly. So, yes. Exactly. The heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, these movies basically the exact same movie. Oh, yeah. There's, they're, they're so similar. It's yeah. uh, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, Boyhood. Yeah. Both yeah. about families. Yes, both both <laughs> about tight-knit families. Yeah. They like doing different things, but they're both families. And they both have struggles, mm-hmm. and they try to overcome those struggles as a unit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we did that. You want to get into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. The the more lighthearted of the two. Yeah, tell me how much money this, this smut film made. First, we got to get into the reviews. Gotcha, gotcha. Got an 88 from the critics. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, pretty good. Oh, we're speaking of the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is the Massacre, first one probably. that came the, out. The OG, the, the, the original. Uh, 82 from mm-hmm. audiences. And I'm giving it a 25. My lowest rating yeah. on the show ever <laughs> since Hobbs and Shaw. Mm, I don't... I can't think of a movie right off the top of my head that I just could not watch again. Uh, that we've watched so far. I think this is probably my lowest. I'm giving this it probably a, your lowest? A, a 20. A 20. Mm. I'm going to undercut this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dog shit movie. Yeah, it was just boring. Okay, but before we get into that, let's let's go through the other boring stuff. Uh, it made $31 million, Uh nation or worldwide whatever was going on in 19 were there other countries in the 70s no okay no yeah that's what i that's what i one country that's what i thought i had not split yet (laughs) (laughs) uh it had no opening um because it's from 1974 and they didn't keep track of that stuff there wasn't books or computers no (laughs) they just just filmed movies and didn't keep tracking they called it in and told the studio it's performing well (laughs) (laughs) called it the phone? Oh, sorry. Telegrammed. Yes. <laughs> uh, it had a budget of 140000 Which Jesus. I think even for the time was pretty low. Yeah, that's, that's really low. I mean, a lot of old horror movies ran on super low budgets like that. Now, horror was not like a, a big genre as much. Uh, yeah, until well, until th- they, this was like the start of that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, this was like the beginning of... I mean, horror was always a big genre, but this is like the beginning of modern horror. Gotcha. As we, as we know it now. Uh, and then I got one more interesting fact before okay. we get into why this movie's dog shit. Okay. But it does kind of dog on a little. The director of this movie, absolute man of genius. They mm-hmm. show some horrific scenes in it that we'll get into later. Yeah. He thought that he was going to get away with this movie being PG. He thought it was going to be a PG movie. Yeah. He sent it over to the, the ratings committee, whatever the fuck they're called, MCAA, I believe. Um, and uh, they said, X, you are not allowed to play this in any theaters except yeah. for like porno ones <laughs> and weird shit on the not internet because I don't even know what you do with X-rated <clears throat> things back then, um, and then they had to completely recut it and they finally got it down to an R. But this uh, man, for whatever reason, thought he was going to get a PG. Uh, work genius. I can only imagine that because the thing is the way this movie's cut. Like when you watch it, it's for a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not that gory. Like yeah. there's not a lot of shit that he. Beats people's heads in with hammers a couple times, and it's just like a lot of blood. But it's as far as like 
actual, like, really fucking gross shit. Like, it's just not there. It cuts assume, away so much. I assume for the time it was really gross, and now after we've had 18 different Saw movies and access to the internet, we're like, well, if I don't see a head cut off mm. of a body slowly, is it even gross <laughs> to me? This doesn't count as horror. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Why do you give it the worst rating of everything? Bro, alright, this movie has the weirdest pacing ever. Yeah. At no point... Already had that written down. Yeah, at no point does any of it make sense, like, where they are. It, it just feels like every time a character makes a decision, it's way too fast, and it leads the, it's just trying to lead them to the crazy person killer. There are... And they never find him. There are, there are five characters that the, that the movie starts out with, hanging yeah. out in a car. Uh, a crippled kid and two yeah. couples. And you don't even really get backstory on those guys. Name we'll, one of those characters. We'll get into the, uh, there's the crippled guy. What's his they name? Called him, they called him an invalid. They did call him an invalid. Many times. <laughs> Could, couldn't remotely fucking remember anyone in this movie's name. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get into that. We'll get into the, the character yeah. issues later. But pacing-wise, the first three of these five dead within... The, the, first, the first 30 minutes, 15 to 30 minutes of the movie is them driving around in a van. Yeah, With no just kills. weird, weird stuff going on. They pick up a hitchhiker. They drive with him while he's cutting himself for 10 minutes. Yeah. Then he lights things on fire, and then they're like, oh, maybe we should kick him out. Yeah. And then there's more random times, and then in the span of 10 minutes, three of them die. Yeah. Because they walk into the murderer's house through the front door without Dude, being pushed that, hold in. Hold on. That's, you're, you're, you're giving them too much fucking credit. <laughs> what they do is they go to this dilapidated-ass fucking house, and they start walking around in the deep country in the South. You're yeah. from the South. You know not to do that. And they go <laughs> on to this walk person's, on private property. Yeah, they go on to this person's fucking private property, go up to their door, and start banging on the door, screaming hello. And when no one answers, naturally they walk into the fucking house... And the dude starts going oh, to the they basement. Don't, they don't need gas. They don't need gas. They no. don't need a phone. They don't need anything. They yeah, gotta find to find a watering hole. hole. <laughs> they're trying to find a place to swim. So they break and enter. And and then it, it, he walks into the fucking basement area and, and Leatherface pops up, bonks him on that with a fucking hammer, and chainsaw massacres him. Mm-hmm. You know what? We don't know if Leatherface is a villain at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw a man who found the, the tool nearest him, and he killed an intruder. <laughs> Leatherface stood his ground, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, shit pacing. Uh, even so anyways, those end. three die. Yeah. Then you get another 30 minutes, and yeah. then the invalid dies. And then there's the, the second half of the movie is one woman running away, yeah. and then eventually... Doesn't die. Well, the thing is, like, w- with the back half of the movie, is it's just weird. She's she's literally she goes in the woods with her fucking brother and yeah, he pushes gets chains- a wheelchair yeah. through the woods and he gets chainsawed and then she's just running and then I can't remember like fifteen minutes she's running. She goes in the fucking barbecue house or whatever, finds out the dude who runs that is Leatherface's dad, and it just it's just weird because nothing really happens except they're just like oh. This is a scary family, and I'm just like, okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. The pacing is off, and it. Even when the story is pushed forwards, there, there's only there's only two things that happen in this movie. That this is yeah. the entire this is entire. If you if you drew out the storyline, it's event happens, and that's mm-hmm. because it's it's everything that horror movies can't get away with anymore. Yeah. It's, don't go in there. And the main characters do exactly what you should never do. Like, break into somebody's house in the yeah. South. Um, and two, weird six-minute-long montages with crazy music, uh, chainsaw noises, or uh, chickens cooing. 
Yeah. And really good montages. Yeah, I'll defend that part. I think the part of, like, the music... The sound design in this movie is dick just because it was the 70s and that's all they had. Um, But some of the montages were really cool. They just last too long. That's kind of... It goes into, like, this movie stretches its time too much. Yeah. Like, like, some of the montages are just, like, literally ten fucking minutes of just weird shit that, that fills you with anxiety for, like, five minutes, and then it's just the exact same thing, and you're like... Someone needs to die. There needs to be a payoff. She needs to get out of this. And then finally she does, but I was just like, what was this movie? A fucking hour 24? Yeah. The movie could have been could have been an hour. Yeah. You Maybe could, less. You could, cut, you could cut a good 30 minutes yeah. out for just the montage. Good night, man. Which, but those were my favorite parts, in all honesty. Those were the only parts where I was like, man, what a bold fucking decision. If you cut make. that shit and sent it to Sundance, fool, you would have been making fucking hella money today, dude. There's a Wait, you send this, this movie to Sundance today, you're getting booted the fuck out. There's a reason this is one of the movies that uh, the critic rating is higher than the audience rating, and it's because man, when yeah. it was nut for weird montages and trying something yeah. new like that. It was funny. I was like, I was talking to my mom about this earlier today. I was like, Yeah, we're watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I was like, Do you remember us watching that? And she was just like. I don't know, maybe. She's like, I, I didn't really like you watching that movie. I was like, why? She's like, oh, it's just ass. I was like, oh, like the violence? And she's like, no, it's just sucked. <laughs> it's just boring shit. I was like, oh, sorry, okay. Well, to get to go off of that, as, as a lot of people that are listening probably know, there is way more than one Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, there's like 800 of them. And apparently they may have gotten a bit better. I only watched this one as a child yeah. and then rewatched it now. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, it stars Matthew McConaughey. Only one you need to ever fucking watch, Another dude. Austin hero. Another in Austin hero. In, a, in our Austin movie yeah. episode. And the next movie we're going to talk about, Boyhood, that director uh, wrote Dazed and Confused mm-hmm. and gave Matthew McConaughey his, yeah. his rise to A-list fame. So, <laughs> Welcome to the fucking Hollywood Squares Hour. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, it's the Austin score. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. Austin movies and actors oh, and whatnot. All right, what do you get? What do you get next to? Uh, so outside of the characters movie. doing everything wrong and being dumb as shit and it being a terrible horror movie, the yeah. characters themselves horrifically poorly written. They make I don't care about any of them. They're they're like oh my god I'm not I'm gonna say this joke but it's not to give credit to this fucking movie. They are cattle to be slaughtered. <laughs> like, like they're just it, they're mannequins for Leatherface to beat up in front of you, and that's it. They don't. I can't even remember fucking any conversations they had, except in the beginning. Apparently, they talk about how they don't eat meat. I, I don't know. It's just yeah. yeah. I think uh, this movie would be like if they made a Scooby Doo episode where every character was Fred and Daphne, mm. and there was nothing else to to spice up that yeah. that group. It was just. Five Freds and Daphne's hanging out, and one of them was in a wheelchair. Yeah. It was the most boring shit in the world. <laughs> they just progressively made terrible decisions, got killed, and then did it again with the, the second batch. I mean, to be fair, it is a man in a mask. And to show how bad <laughs> these characters were, there was two couples, and it took about into like the 35 minutes where I was like, oh, that one's that one's boyfriend. Yeah. I was like, I had no fucking clue what was going on yeah. until they split up. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I don't know, dude. The, the dialogue in this movie is weird, too. Because, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I go on for days about how much I hate the fucking characters. Yeah. And I think, I don't think that that ties in to the acting. That's fair, yeah. Which I get part of that is that it's a dated movie. You can't judge yeah. a movie from the 1970s the same way you judge a movie now. Mm-hmm. But the acting and the characters, both dick. 
Yeah. The only acting that I liked was the dad of the insane family, not the grandpa, not the dead grandpa that comes back to life somehow. There's a really weird scene with that one. Yeah. But uh, just dude in a latex suit. <laughs> yeah. The middle, the dad. Yeah. He uh, he is fucking bonkers. Yeah. And not just in the like, oh, I'm gonna kill you as fast as I can immediately, or yeah. oh, I'm so crazy that I that I have a serious mental illness. Yeah. He was just fucking creepy. He seemed he seemed like he had the most to work with too. Yeah. He was just like, I don't like killing people. Like it was it's weird too, because in that last like fucking what, twenty minutes of the movie, it is kind of like a montage when they're all like sitting in the house and like fucking with this poor girl. And then the dad is just like saying a bunch of shit. Like from how it was acted, it seems like a lot of it's improv. Yeah, it does not seem like anyone wrote this shit down. Because you can just like look and at it him bounces just, like, all over in that scene. But I yeah. think what he was doing seemed really well done. It was just paced in such a weird way. Because he'd be like, "I don't enjoy killing. It's fucked up." And then the second they hit her with like a, a mallet or something, he just jump up and down and clap his hands. Yeah. And while he's driving in the truck, probably I think the scariest scene of the entire thing yeah. is she's tied up on the floorboards and he's just hitting her with a stick. Yeah. Like not even hard, but just he's like, like poking her at her yeah. screams and you're just like, oh, you are the scariest fucking he's, he's like, it's gonna be okay and then he fucking like prods her and just like, what the fuck is happening? Much scarier than Leatherface. You can just run from Leatherface. There's yeah. no, he's not, you're not, he's not smarter than you. You just get, have to yeah. be quicker than some guy carrying a chainsaw. Yeah, real quick before we wrap the next, uh, the next day, I want to fucking say that, uh, the end of this movie is hilarious because she stops an eighteen wheeler trucker and he get and Leatherface is chasing her and the dude stops the eighteen wheel truck, pulls a wrench out and throws it directly at Leatherface's forehead. <laughs> yes, that's it. And then Leatherface saws his own leg a little bit with the chainsaw, yeah. gets back up and starts running again. Yeah, and then oh. another dude shows up. <laughs> She hops into his truck and leaves fucking eighteen wheeler driver to his own devices, and Leatherface just starts screaming. And before that, she gets into the eighteen wheeler truck with the eighteen wheeler driver, and then they get out the other side of the cab like a fucking Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> this was just a terrible Scooby Doo movie. God damn! If they were, oh my god, I would pay money for Hannah Barbera to pay to make a fucking Scooby Doo text chainsaw mask. <laughs> Man. Well, we dog, we sh- we just shat all over yeah. that. But before we before we move on to boyhood, I got I got a, a little bit a little other things. Gotcha. I want this to not just be that I'm just like ah ha ha old horror movie so bad so stupid. Yeah. I'm I didn't I didn't grow up in this era so I don't understand. I like some other '70s and '80s horror movies. Yeah. It it's not great now because a lot of the blood and stuff looks ridiculous yeah. and it doesn't hold up. But it does because you just look at it from that era as mm-hmm. a good movie. And I remember watching, I've watched Texas Chainsaw as a kid, thought it was scary. Watched It as a kid, thought it was scary. Watching It now, still pretty spooky. Yeah. Watching Texas Chainsaw now, I wanted to pull my phone out. I was so fucking bored. Yeah. I think it kind of speaks to just like, uh, out of all the powerhouses, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this one is a weird one. It definitely is not as impactful i feel as the other ones i feel like it doesn't do anything interesting artistically as much as the other ones i, I don't know maybe it's cuz there's not a supernatural element or something but like there is something missing in this like farm murder house yeah movie i don't know i think it's entirely possible that this film some would say walked so others could run i think this film crawled so eventually others could run cuz they yeah. were the first one to kind of make up and push that whole this is based off a true story thing which yeah. the blair witch project did and 
I you can watch Blair Witch Project now, and if you look at me and you're like not scared, I'm like fuck off. Yeah, that's scary as shit. Blair Witch Project was scary in the time too because people thought it was real. <laughs> yeah. Like people just thought I don't know. The, people just thought this movie happened, and they're like, oh wow, th- someone got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Later you find out no one got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> it's loosely based off of a murder in Texas. A single murder. Five in one night. Yeah. Involving cannibalistic barbecue stations and whatnot. Anyways, in total, don't watch this movie. Yeah. It's not worth your fucking time. Or watch it. Who cares? Watch the one with Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I've heard that one. Yeah. It might be better. If you don't value your time, hop on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who can value time during quarantine? <laughs> okay, let's get into boyhood. Alright. Is it boring stuff first? Ninety seven from the critics. Mm. It's pretty high. That is pretty, pretty high. high. You got an 80 from audiences. That's, that's, that's a gap. That's yeah. a big gap. And I'm giving it an 82, which is weird for me because this is a slice of life movie. This is really? Jesse's kind of movie. I love these movies. Yeah. So slices of life. Slices. Like a pizza of life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I got to give it a... Uh, I'm torn. I, I I didn't like this movie as much when I first saw it, and now the more I thought about it, I think I'm going to give it a 75. 75? Yeah. Nice. Hard 75. Those are the best kind of movies. The one where over time you're like, you know what? I did like that movie. Yeah. The yeah. opposite of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. The mo- every time I think of that movie, my, the rating goes down in my head. Yeah. Every Just couple months I'm like, maybe I'll rewatch it. Maybe I was wrong. I'm like, no, I'm not wrong about this. <laughs> I'm <not> watching it. <laughs> okay, let's do more boring stuff before okay. I get into it. Uh, it made $57 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. $2 million opening. Okay. This movie came out in 2014, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that $2 million opening, can't really judge it because it... It uh, premiered only in Austin for a while, and then went everywhere, uh, along with a bunch of festivals. Yeah, the two. Well, the two million is like eight, at first. I think it opened like three fifty nine or something, mm. and then later on, this was a wider release, but still not to a point where most movies get released. Yeah, this is very good for what this movie for how many theaters it opened in, and only had a four million dollar budget. So that's the craziest part. Yeah, Ethan Hawke did this shit for free, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so for anybody that, uh, for whatever reason, you just like listening to us talk about movies you've never seen, uh, we should probably explain what this movie is. This is not yeah. a normal movie. No. This is very different. Uh, it's filmed over twelve years, and the way it's written is just the coolest fucking thing ever. Mm. It's directed by directed and written, and his family stars in it. Richard Linklater, the dude that did. Days and Fuse, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, gave Matthew McConaughey his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody Wants Some, a bunch of Slice of Life movies. He's he's made one, I uh, can't remember the name now because I'm a fucking idiot, but apparently it's just about a day in Austin. Oh. It's a very big thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. That, he's done a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. He's, he's, his Wikipedia page, like the first thing on there, is just says that he refuses to ever move to Hollywood or New York. Yeah, he, will, he will only stay in Austin, <laughs> and I'm sure that he's very happy with the direction things have gone since he started his career here. Yeah, dude. I mean, fucking uh, Everyone Wants Some was filmed at our alma mater. It was And then fucking mater. Days and Confused were, was filmed in our hometown. Yeah. We live, like, what, 20 minutes from the fucking burger place? Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so so into, into all of this movie. Filmed yep. over 12 years. It's rough. It, it started out as a idea to be loosely based on Richard Linklater's childhood. Yeah. So they hired an actor that was eight years old, and they said, we're going to film you from 18 to 20. And then they didn't write anything. From eight years old to From eight to, years to, old to, to 20, to 20 years, years old. old. Okay. So 12 years. Yeah. Um, and they, t- they told him that when they write it, they're going to incorporate Richard Linklater's life, this main actor's life, who at the time was an eight-year-old, mm-hmm. and his mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And all of these stories are going to get mixed together and turn into kind of one 
I wouldn't even call it, a, it's kind of not a slice of life movie, it's 12 years of a fucking life. It's it's a lot of life movie. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, it's, so, a, it's the most stretched out coming of age tale I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's and, a, and it, as realistic as a movie could be. Yeah. It's the a, only way you could be more is to walk around filming a child for 12 years straight, yeah. which you would ruin their childhood. <laughs> Today's kids are filming themselves for 12 That's years straight. True, yeah, somebody's eventually <laughs> just going to take Snapchat. Oh, shit. No one should make one of my Snapchat stories. <laughs> no, no one should. <laughs> Anyways, we're trying to say massive artistic leap here. Yeah. Had never been done before. Don't know if it'll be done again. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing on this movie for me is that as a concept, um, I really love this movie. It's amazing. I think it's a really cool thing that they did. Because, I mean, Jesus, dude, Ford, no, no, things aren't done like this. The, la- yeah. the last time something this crazy was done was like Avatar. And what, what I'm saying that is is... Just in production. Avatar was like, everything's 3D rendered. It's a completely fucking 3D rendered movie. It looks real. Yeah. And it was super weird. And then this this next big one that came out was, we literally filmed over 14 years. Yeah. And people were just like, what the fuck is next at this point? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the way they did this is like, once a year they would go and film the scene so that you see the kid aging. And they would just film all they needed within that time. And then they'd come yeah. back in a year and do it again. And, like, they said the statistical chances that, like, the production company stayed in business for 12 years. Mm-hmm. They had to film everything on 35 millimeter because if they had gone digital, the start no, of the movie no, and the weird. end of the movie would have been two completely different fucking... Yeah. ...looked insanely different. It's... The, I think one thing I will take a little bit away from it here is the... the I, I understand the hard feat, but the thing that I came upon with this movie was that I'm going to judge it like a movie like all the rest of the movies we, we've judged. Mm-hmm. That's where my 25% comes off. That's that's really just it. Yeah. Because it, this movie is it's it's really inconsistent and like the ed- I I will just start off by saying the editing it, it's very jarring and I know it's jarring because of fucking it's been t- t- cut over f- fourteen years but it still is. I think uh, we all of its faults can really are all tied back to that. I agree. I don't. I can't think of any way. I can think of things that I didn't like, but I can't sit there and be like, here's how you could have made it better. Yeah. Other than a couple things that we'll get into after we're done fully explaining exactly everything that went on or or talking about that. The other cool thing they did with the writing was Richard Linklater, he kind of had an idea of where the story was going, but like I said, he brings stuff in. Mm -hmm. And what they would do each year, like for example, the main character, he starts to have girl problems, but they didn't want to add that to the movie until the actual actors started to have girl problems. Until he said that he had it. Oh, shit. So he would cool. have them like, fill out a diary and be like, what's going on? And then they would just incorporate that stuff into the movie. Uh, and what they would do is before each year, they would write out like a, a storyline or a script. Mm. And then they would all go over it and rehearse it for two weeks. And everybody would make their own edits to it and of how it should go. And then they would completely rewrite it. Yeah. So the graduation scene, that's written, like, the day of shooting. Yeah. Like, all of the... Like, it's not improvised, but it's all, like... Yeah. I mean, that's as close to improvised as yeah. you can almost I'm sure get. there are some lines that were thrown off. Because, I mean, the, the dialogue comes off fairly natural. Yeah. There's so many... Okay, let's stop talking about how it's done and get yeah. in the movie. There's so many scenes, I think, especially uh, between the main character and his parents. When they're in scenes alone, mm-hmm. that just feels so real. Yeah. Specifically one scene at this bowling alley where the dad, the sister, and the main character are all talking, and the dad has to give the sex talk or condom talk to the sister. And he does it exactly how I would imagine that dad 
doing it, and it all made sense. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. Just so awkward. Yeah, the dad was like, the kids were like freaking out. They were like, why are you doing this? And the dad was just like, I have to get through it. I don't know if your mom's talking to you about this shit. Yeah, and, and it doesn't come across like sitcom-y, where it's like, oh, this is so awkward, and the kids are acting no. really weird. It was like, it felt everybody, yeah. or anybody whose parents have talked to them about sex have had their parents sit down and give something very similar to that. And yeah. like, oh, god damn, You're please just like, stop. I just need this to end. <laughs> I prefer just the booklet. <laughs> like, I'll figure this <laughs> out. Me, yeah, give me a pamphlet. The guide to the clit. Just hand me that. <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> you guys uh, yeah. I think that the, the one thing I, I said a little bit earlier is that in the beginning of the movie, the movie starts, it feels like this kid we're just seeing life through his eyes and it, it like when you're a kid you know you can't you don't do shit yeah but like you see like how his parents are reacting to each other how his fucking mom's living her life and just like little pockets and it's it's like the kid's a catalyst for the characters around him it's like he's a camera almost yeah more than, more than he is his own person yeah because he is eight yeah and then it's cool it's just I, I think the movie falls flat later in like the second half when it starts to become actually about him and i'm just like ah this is not as convincing as the scary family. To be fair, they're classically trained actors. Fucking Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I see what you're saying. And over time, I guess... I think part of it might be that he that the main character develops a personality. Because at eight, he's just an eight-year-old. So yeah. you're getting all these things happening around him. And as he develops personality, it's harder to be like, oh, I'm in his shoes. Or like, oh, I... This makes a hundred percent narrative sense. Yeah, and then he starts to just, but I think that that's kind of cool because I don't know how much of that was the was the actor not acting in a way, you know? Yeah, like it's it's interesting to yeah. think about it that way. I definitely get that. I and I think that honestly, as far as the concept works, it works better because it is about when you're a kid, you are just fucking at the at the whims of those around you, whoever's in charge of you. And then he grows up. He kind of does go through quite a lot. He does, and then he sees his own agency and becomes his own man. You know, eventually throughout the years. And I just, I, I was less convinced, or I, I cared less about like him coming up as, as more of a teenager and like the interactions he had with people. Maybe it was just because it was like weird, cringy conversations he was having with other teenagers. So I was yeah. like, I don't fucking care. I liked that at the end. It like some slice of life movies have. At the yeah. end, it didn't have like this fucking like. And then the sunshine came out of his asshole and everything was okay again. Yeah. It left it kind of like, yeah, he's a freshman at college, he just met his roommate, and yeah. he's still a fucking idiot. Like, and he's and he's gonna be for a long time. He, yeah. His, like, last line is like, man, shit just happens in life, and you just, sometimes shit just happens. And I think just, for the movie, I agree, it, it, but for the movie, that last line, as corny as it is in the fucking, like concept of like them in the desert being super high going on a hike or whatever whenever they say like i i don't think you should i don't think we seize the moment i think this moment seizes us i was like i was like okay (laughs) but i don't think that was supposed to come across as like some wise thing for him to say i think it was supposed to come across as he's still just a fucking kid but i think i think if there was more of a a template or i guess two other people in in another setting was saying that i'd be like yeah baby (laughs) Uh, one thing I do want to talk about, um, is the mom and the dad. Uh, so the last scenes in this movie between the mom and the dad are completely different. Yeah. The, the mom's dad gets last a scene. Arc. Yeah. The, the mom's last scene of this movie is, um, really bad. Yeah. She essentially just she, like shuts down and says a lot of mean things to her son. And then it cuts over the dad's last scene of the movie. 
and he's just fucking hitting shit out of the park, giving his son great advice. In the beginning of the movie, the mom is struggling super hard to keep her two kids in line, and the dad's a fucking deadbeat. Yeah. And then in the end, she gets fucked over, I guess, emotionally, and then the dad's like, no, everything's great, I got another family too. And I, yeah, it's just, I feel like the, the dad's arc was completely believable. Yeah. Because he's not, he's not even like that huge of a piece of shit, it's more just no. like, he's just super young and a shitty dad. Yeah. He's not a bad person, he's just a shitty father. Yeah, and, and he's not, exactly, and he, the things he does you are just like... be a good like, dad, kind of makes you a shitty person, but yeah. like... You should on the scale of other dads or stepdads that he had, yeah. this guy was this guy was a good one. There's just certain things where, like, if someone acted the way he did, and people were just like, "Yeah, he's a piece of shit," I'd be like, "He's very young." <laughs> There's, he's the he's the kind of dad that shows up once every blue moon, and then he's yeah. like, "Do you want ice cream? I'm the best dad ever," and then yeah. fucks off and doesn't do anything he's supposed to do as yeah. a father. To be fair, later on he gets it together. There's a stark difference in the scenes where he is like. He's their cool, like, dad who's fucking absent, and then he's their dad. Yeah. He gets, he, he wears a sweater get, vest yeah. at one point, and you're like, oh, I see. I It's complete. He's, Dude, he's gotten there. No, see, the thing is, he's not wearing a fucking sweater. He's wearing a fucking quarter zip, like, pullover mm-hmm. thing. And I remember when I saw that, I, I don't know, it was weird. I got, like, teary-eyed <laughs> because he reminded me of my dad. Uh, like, just giving him, like, the fucking, like, old records and shit. I was just like, oh, fuck, this is cool as shit. <laughs> Uh, but the mom gets completely fucked at the end of this. Because the whole yeah, time she's struggling, she's doing the best she can for her kids. Outside of her choice in men, she's trying her best and being a good mom yeah. pretty much and the she, whole time. she gets better, too, because like there's two stepdads in the movie, and the first one's a complete piece of shit. Takes her in to get out of there, and she gets out. It's a really fucking scary scene, but she does it. And it took her some time, though. Yeah, and the second one, she gets she, the stepdad's a piece of shit, and she gets out before it gets like stepdad bad. says a couple off things without yeah. even anything outside of that. And she's like, no, you don't talk to my son that way. Yeah. And it doesn't even give you a scene that time, which I yeah. liked. It just cuts like a month or like six months later. He's gone. She's like, that second divorce really sucked, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Got rid of that one. Yeah. And it's like, but it, like towards the end, like she starts talking about like her kids moving out and stuff and then she, she moves into a really small apartment. But you know, like she does, she goes to college, she becomes a fucking professor, she teaches at fucking state. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, she, she moves into a smaller apartment cause she's by herself and she's like, why has my life become this? She's like, why is my life over now that you're leaving? Which I, which I recognize and it, it she is moving all the way to El Paso or what we assume is El Paso from San Marcos. So he's probably not going to see his mom very often. And I get all of the emotional things that she's dealing with, but that's something you share with your teacher friend that it shows many times. You don't don't tell your son your life is over when he leaves. You say, go have fun at college, stay safe. Can't wait to see yeah. you soon. It was like it's funny to see like seeing people different people's reactions to this because like I've said I told people before like this is emotional abuse <laughs> like it is emotional abuse to put up, put your own problems on your child and make it their problems like it's not his fault he's going to fucking college yeah you told him to do yeah that. you he did exactly what a you told him to do and b what you've been trying to get done forever both of your kids are going on to more successful paths yeah and I and I wouldn't hate that scene if it wasn't her last one that would have made sense and I would have been like yeah. okay if she got any sort of like resolution apo- yeah, yeah like apology to him or like they hugged or anything yeah. but it's just like she just fucking breaks down cries tells yeah. him her life's over and, and then it's her last scene and she's gone the worst part is we're dogging so hard on the mom and it's literally just a scene that's out of character yeah it doesn't and, but make that's any what's sense stuck in my head yeah it's the last thing and that's the last thing when she see. bails out of the first marriage and just picks her kids up and brings her friend and it's just like i'm taking my fucking kids and yeah. gets out of their scary fucking situation 
And then she has she has this whole moral quandary that she left two of her stepkids with this fucking monster of a yeah. man. And she has to just be in front of her young kids, be like, I can't help them. Yeah. That's kidnapping. Yeah. They're not my children. I think uh, I, my, the mom did the literal best she could. I yeah, think she. The whole movie. Yeah. She and, just tried her hardest. And, and the thing is, her best wasn't. It wasn't that her best wasn't good enough. It was. Yeah. And then the last scene just fucks her completely. <laughs> oh, Richard, I don't know what the fuck you were going through during that scene, <laughs> but you're an asshole for that one. <laughs> she did not deserve that. No, hell no. But in general, we've dogged on this scene too much. It's yeah. a great fucking movie. Yeah, one of uh, one of the best concept things I've ever seen from a movie. Since this movie came out in 2014, I've had every... Austin, Austin guy I know, guy and girl I know, been yeah. like, you gotta see this movie. It's fucking crazy. You still yeah. over 14 years, and I've been the whole time just been like, I'll get to it. Yeah. I'll get to it. And now that I've watched it, I'll probably, the next time anybody's saying anything about a movie, I'm gonna be that annoying. I'm gonna be like, you have to watch this one. Yeah. This is the good one. And I'll be in the back going, it's okay for a concept. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, but yeah. movies are cool. He yeah. It's never been done. Final verdict. Texas Chainsaw in the garbage. Skip that shit. Put it in the disposal. right over it. Watch better new horror movies. Yeah. Um, fucking Boyhood. I'm Watch it. Sure. You don't have anything better to do in yeah. your life at this point. Fucking 14 years of someone's hard-ass work is worth three hours of your time. Yeah. Also, just watching the... I'd rather watch somebody attempt a concept and not fuck it all up mm-hmm. than watch somebody re- rinse and repeat... I'd rather watch this movie than any of the redone Disney movies. Yeah. There's no there's no concepts involved with that. That's that's yeah. copy and paste. Seth Aladdin. We love you, Will Smith. <laughs> oh, I man. think that's everything. That's all we got for that. What do we got uh, we got next week? Next week we've got a from the ground up. Ooh. What are we what are we crushing and building back up? You'll find out next, next week. None of your business yet. <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening.